listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello and welcome to Special Reports on Legal Talk Network. My name is Lawrence Coletti and I'm the host for today's show, which is being recorded at ABA Tech Show in Chicago, Illinois at the historic Hilton Hotel on Michigan Avenue. And joining me today is Mr. Casey Flaherty. Welcome. Thank you. Well, before we get started, I would like you to introduce yourself to our audience and uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. My name is Casey Flaherty. I'm a lawyer originally from Los Angeles, but now living in Austin, Texas. I started my career as an associate at Holland and Knight, then I moved in a house at Kia Motors, uh, where I was for the last four years, and I just moved on to my own as a, a consultant, uh, focusing on in-house departments uh, and uh, empirically-based approaches to legal quality and legal spend management. Yeah, I want to get into that uh, in a little bit, but first I want to talk to you about the, the plenary session that you're uh, co-presenting with uh, Andrew Perlman today. And so can you tell me a little bit about that? What are you guys addressing? Well, uh, Andy and I uh, worked together to automate uh, my legal technology audit. When I moved in-house uh, from, from Holland and Knight, uh, I was in the very odd position of going from working for very senior specialists to now overseeing very senior specialists. And there was very little that I could do to improve them as lawyers. They were the experts in their field and I wasn't. Um, But I knew from my experience in big law that there was probably a lot I could do to to improve the delivery of their legal services. Uh, So not the legal services themselves, not the quality aspect, um, but the overall delivery mechanism. And a lot of that had to do with people, process, and technology. What processes were the people in and what technology were they using and how well were they using them? So I created a legal technology audit where I would go in to my outside counsel and do basically a waste walk. I would take the kind of assignment I would give out and I would follow it step by step by step to see how they worked on it. So whether it was a brief or a contract, I would follow it through the process and I would measure how quickly uh, people did uh, particular tasks, and then I benchmarked my firms against each other as well as against a target time. And I wrote about this, and it got some press. With that came offers of trying to monetize it. I wasn't interested. Instead, I signed it over to Suffolk Law School because Andy is he's the director for the Institute of Legal Practice Technology and Innovation which to me is a fantastic idea. And for me, it wasn't so much about Suffolk, it was about Andy, uh, he's, he's amazing. He's one of the leading ethicists in the legal space and he's largely responsible, although he won't take full credit, for getting technology into the uh, Rule 1.1 on competence. So we worked together to automate what we could about the audit so that we could offer it to other in-house counsel and that was supposed to be the end of it. It was supposed to be free. Uh, but then as we approached launch, Suffolk came to realize what kind of scale we were talking about, and they couldn't offer it for free. Apparently, server space costs money, administrators cost money, people don't want to be paid with uh, evangelism and enthusiasm. Uh, So I had to take it back, uh, and we're still partnered, and create a for-profit entity, and all of a sudden my passions were getting in the way of my day job, so I gave up the day job. And so now I'm doing consulting and we are offering the, the, the LTA as a benchmarking tool for in-house counsel. So in general, the law firms are our customers. It's a marketing expense for them. Okay. It, it allows them to validate 
their claims to efficiency and it's portable. Uh, their score for one client is their score for every other client. They don't need to pay for it every time. Um, but to me, the clients are still the clients, meaning they're the ones who should be asking for this information. They're the one who should be asking for the scores. And it's, it's one part of uh, a larger metrics puzzle. Uh, okay. how, are we, how are we gonna move to a more empirically oriented approach to legal quality and legal spend management? Relationships are important, but they should not be the sole determining factor in how we hire outside counsel. And so what else can we bring to the table? What else can we look at? And to me, the, the LTA is, is one uh, small piece of that. So Andy and I will be presenting on the LTA and I'll be introducing the, the general concept. I'll be showing people what it is. I'll be explaining the why. And I'll also be doing what I can to explode the myth of the digital native. Explain that. Which a lot of more senior attorneys who aren't interested in technology think they don't have to be because the younger attorneys are. Okay, uh, so they're, they're overly reliant on younger on, on younger people in the firm to help them get to their, their new technology proficiencies? Well, I, I wouldn't even say over, overly reliant. I, th I think overly trusting. Overly trusting, uh, okay. They think just because kids these days get a Twitter account in utero, they now know everything about technology. <laughs> Sorry, and, I just got that. <laughs> and it's, that's not true. Uh, Technology, it's a learned skill, not an innate talent. And just like anything, you actually have to sit down and learn it. And they're not trained in law school. They're not trained in college. I just gave uh, the LTA to a, a class full of law students. And I've actually done this at many law schools, but this one's the freshest in my mind. There are three assignments on the LTA. I can get through all three of them in under half an hour. Wow. The target time is an hour for all three combined. The students averaged an hour and a half per assignment. Wow, wow. Is it because the topic matter is uh, too vast? Is it because it's too new? No, it's, it's, it's simply because they've never been trained. Okay. So you know, one of the tasks that they could not do uh, had to do with uh, manipulating PDFs, getting them ready for an e-filing. Okay. Pretty pretty standard. It's uh, one, one on our advisory board was Judge Nuffer from Utah, who does amazing things with the e-filing requirements for his court. So it's preparing an e-filing. They need to redact some information. They need to put some PDFs together. They need, it should be fairly simple. They can't do it in part because they've never learned how, but largely in part because they don't even have the software through their entire careers, they have never had a reason to download anything other than the free Adobe Reader. Huh. Uh, wow. So they've never learned to do it. You give them a contract that's been redlined, that needs cross-references updated, they've never seen that wow. in their entire lives. So that, how were they supposed to know? Yeah, I mean, that's a big question is that you don't know what you don't know. And so it becomes a tricky thing. So what are some of the other things that you were testing for and, and ask them to have proficiency, uh, proficiencies in? So it's, there's three assignments, and it, it's, it's one consistent workflow. It starts with a, a redline investor's rights agreement. And okay. someone's inserted a provision, and there are other things that need to be fixed. And it's just get this ready for execution. Then... The, as the story goes, there are some complaints by some of the investors who signed it that they're not getting equal dividends. Okay. And so in, the company produces a raw data export from their database into Excel, and you need to line up 
various pieces of information into Excel to see who was paid what uh, in terms of their dividends. And then, as again, as the story goes, there was, in fact, misappropriation of the funds and payment of more dividends to some shareholders as opposed to others. So there's a lawsuit. Uh, and so you have to then prepare an e-filing in the lawsuit. And you're given all of the substantive documents. This isn't about the substantive work. In fact, this is, a, <clears throat> this is about the non-substantive work. And so you get the argument, well, that's not real lawyering. To me as a client, I don't know what real lawyering is. If it shows up on the bill, it's real enough. Right. And this does show up on the bill. What, you're, what they're really saying with real lawyering is that's not where lawyers add the most value. And on this, I completely agree. That's why it's so tragic that so much time and effort and money is wasted uh, because people don't know how to use the tools that have been on their desktop for 25 years. Well, you know, and a failure to properly redact while you're communicating back and forth between sides can be devastating to the client. So I think in some ways, okay, you might say this isn't the value add, but not knowing it is a huge value, I guess, minus, because, you know, you're going to hurt your client unless you know how to use the, in the world that we're in, in the way that we represent clients, in the way that data comes from businesses, from your client, you have to be able to manage this data properly going back and forth. So I think that's wonderful. So you're talking about um, using PDFs, talking about redacting. What are some of the other technical parts that you're finding that some of the, the law students are having difficulties with? Well, all of them. Um, all of them. And, 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 and that's the thing. It's whether you're... Well, give me some examples. You're re, re, so again, you have a new provision added in, but it's mm -hmm. not numbered properly. Okay. So the, the partner scribbled something. You need to integrate the provision here. Not only does it have to be right in terms of the words, the what's substantively important, but it, it, writes, it needs to be correct in terms of the numbering. Okay. So are, do you have to go through and manually renumber the whole thing, or are you using auto-numbering? Oh, are you talking about with words, so yeah. going through yeah. and doing like a table now, of contents? Yeah. And now, now, that, now that you've renumbered it, well, there are all these cross-references in there. They need to be updated. How do you update the cross-references? Are you doing it manually? Right. Um, and if you do it manually, it can take you hours. And it's not just that it can take you hours when the machine can do it in seconds, uh, but you've now introduced all kinds of opportunity for error because right, right. you will miss, well, you can miss in a way that the machine won't miss. Right. Uh, and, and so it's not just about speed, it's speed and quality um, are implicated. And even if you get it all right, you've now spent two mind-numbing hours updating cross-references, and despite evidence to the contrary, lawyers are human. Attention is a finite resource. Your brain is dulled, and you're not thinking about the contract. You're not thinking about the substantive work. And so there are all kinds of quality components that go along with the efficiency components. That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, I had a business background when I went to law school, so I graduated with an MBA. So a lot of these tools you're talking about were second nature to me before I got to law school. But some of my counterparts in law school didn't have the same kind of training I did. So when we'd have to make presentations for PowerPoint, you know, it frequently fell on me in group projects to do it just because it was so much easier for me to do it than to have some of my friends fumble with it. And over time, they certainly learned it, but, you know, it's quite a learning curve for somebody that hasn't really dealt with that before. So I guess um, because you do this consulting and you've got a, a certain expectation level where people need to be to adequately uh, navigate the technology waters to help their clients, what do you recommend for law students that feel they're deficient or people that graduate that feel they're deficient? Where should they go to get these technological skills? Well, 
there's all kinds of free online training. Lots of law firms offer training. There are lots of professional trainers out there. Are these big there. law firms? Or? Big law firms okay. offer training. But I created a trainer's companion for law firm trainers okay. that goes through the entire content of the LTA. And for every single task, I link to a free online resource. Oh, that's fantastic. That shows exactly how to do it. And so we, we offer this free to law students. I would recommend they take it because then you get an individualized score report and it'll show you precisely where you're deficient and then Google it. Yeah. Go back. If you don't know how to update cross-references in Word, if you put an update cross-references Word into Google, you will learn how to do it in a couple of minutes. Um, it's not, again, it's not that they're hard, but you said there's a learning curve. You actually have to learn it. It's not intuitive. It's, it's, and it's certainly not innate. Yeah, it's uh, uh, like my uh, like our CEO Adam Cameras uh, says. He says Lawrence Google Google is our friend. He's always telling me that it's funny, but it's true. It's true. I mean, there's it's such a great, fantastic research tool, and I think uh, I think you're helping people know what questions to ask in order to get the information that they need. So I think it's a great place to segue into your new career here, which is consulting. So let's let's go through that. So how does that work? Now you're consulting with. Law firms, uh, in-house departments? Uh... Mainly in-house departments. I will consult with law firms, but I'm not going to promise them that, you know, if they hire me, they will make more money. Okay. Uh, where, <laughs> whereas when I talk to law departments, it's if you hire me, you will spend less money or you will get more for the money you're spending. That's my pitch. And the LTA is, is one part of it, which is, again, this now, it, uh, LTA is, is short the legal for, technology audit that, I, that I've been talking about. For the benefit it, of our uh, listeners. It's, it's starting to bring, uh, again, it, starting to look at legal spend and legal quality management through a more empirical lens. Not a purely empirical lens, but right now we're, we're so relationship-based that, that we're, we have, we're in no danger of going too far in terms of using metrics. Because a, a lot of places don't, do not use them at all. Uh, and and so it's bringing a more empirically oriented and it's results driven but process focused. What are the, some of the metrics that you're looking at? When you say empirically driven, there's numbers behind it. So what kind of numbers are you looking for? What are the categories? One example, of course, is the LTA. Let's go out and let's benchmark the firms versus a target time and versus each other. Okay. So so we can tell you who who among your firms, and not just among your firms, but the lawyers at the firms, because there's a high, very high degree of variance, are working most efficiently. Another example, the velocity metric, okay. which most people have never heard of never, and never thought of, but it's how long do people wait to enter their time? We still live in a billable hour world. Well, in a billable hour world, you have to bill your hours. You have to record your time. And I didn't go to law school to live my life in six-minute increments, and yet it's something you have to do uh, for your practice. So people do the thing that's important, and then they have to enter their time. It's a pain in the rear, and so people put it off. People procrastinate, and the average uh, that I've found is about 17 to 18 days. Which 17 to 18 days? Days before they record their time, which means they're doing, oh my gosh. They're doing it at the end of the month. Wow. I remember my days at the law firm, it got real quiet at the end of the month and people sat down and they tried to reconstruct their month and they knew they'd been busy and they were right. And they also knew in the back of the head they had a target they needed to hit. And you combine those things with sparse notes and emails and you're kind of making stuff up. And 
all the research we well, have in a good faith effort in a good faith oh, effort good you're faith. Probably... oh no no it has nothing i i there are people there are lawyers who pad this isn't about padding this is not about consciously trying to take money from the client but you kind of guesstimate how long did that take me that's tough. I mean, and it's tough to remember. You know, it's so many very days tough out. Sometimes to remember. it's tough to remember at the end of the day and, how much work you put in. And so when you when you start to track velocity and actually enforce standards on velocity, and when it drops from eighteen to three, the average entry drops by twenty three percent. Wow, and that Be means a lot less bill uh, billing for your client, which I'm sure they appreciate. But I think uh, you know the associate is probably grateful too because they don't have to go through those mental exercises at the end of the month. People don't like doing it in real time because it's a pain. It's tough, yeah, distracts. But that's one of those things where simply by keeping more accurate records, the bills go down. Uh, simply by getting better at using common software, the bills go down. And it's not just that the bills go down, but the quality improves. And so does people's happiness. When people are using tech technology to avoid mind-numbing drudgery, they actually enjoy their work more. And so those, those are just some of the examples of that's the low-hanging fruit that's without re-engineering a single thing you can get 20 to 30 percent by keeping accurate records you can get 15 to 25 percent by getting slightly better at using the technology you already have you haven't re-engineered a process you haven't introduced anything new you haven't changed your personnel uh, this is the low-hanging fruit and yet you have these and you see these enormous gains. Uh, and there's a lot more that can be done when you, when you look at a process from end to end and you re-engineer it to, to get more value. Uh, you know, the lean philosophy is we can do it better, cheaper. It's not just that we're cutting costs, but we can actually improve quality while we're cutting costs. Uh, and a lot of times it's specific to the enterprise, it's specific to their workflow. But there are general things like velocity, like the LTA, that you can introduce very, very quickly uh, at essentially no cost uh, to the law department and see immediate gains. Well, I see we're running uh, short of time here uh, for, for our episode here today, but I, I want to give you an opportunity to leave some contact information with our listeners out there who, who would like to improve the processes within their firm, lower their costs. How can they reach out to you? Well, I'm, I'm probably most present on Twitter at, at DKC Flaherty or on LinkedIn, DKC Flaherty. I also have a website, costcontrolllc.com, and I'm reachable, Casey at costcontrolllc.com. This has been another episode of Special Reports. Until next time, thank you for listening. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.